Welcome to Getting In, a college coach conversation hosted by Elizabeth Heaton. On this show, the team of experts from Bright Horizons College Coach aim to demystify college admissions and finance. From choosing the right college, developing a payment strategy, creating a high school plan, and more. Each episode will help guide your family through the various steps of the process. Now, here is your host. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Getting In, a College Coach Conversation. Happy to have you here again. This is my third show in a row that I am hosting, so it's fun to be here with all of you. I will start out with my now familiar plea to please uh, review us on Apple Podcasts. The more reviews we get, the easier it is for people to find us. So I would appreciate it if you'd go in there and give us a review. Today, we're talking about college supplements. Uh, Specifically today, we're going to talk about Ithaca College. They have a short supplement and broaden that a little bit to schools that are asking similar questions. And then we're also going to go through the Notre Dame supplement, which is a bit more involved. But before we do all of that, Uh, We're going to talk about the National Merit Scholarship Competition, more specifically about semifinalists. And joining me for that is my colleague, who's also a former financial aid officer at both Becker and Anna Maria Colleges, uh, Lori Peltier. Hi, Lori. Hi, Beth. I'm happy to be here. Awesome. Well, we're excited to have you here. Now is the time of year when students uh, are finding out if they were named as semifinalists in the National Merit Scholarship Competition. So why don't we start with what goes into them making that first cut? Mm -hmm. Good question. Uh, So semifinalists are selected from the pool of approximately 1.4 million high school juniors all across the country that take the PSAT exam. The scores on this exam are compared to others within your state, and the top scores achieve the designation of semifinalist. The qualifying scores vary from state to state and from year to year, but the scores of the semifinalists are extremely high in the top 99 percentile for their state, and only the junior year PSATs count, even though many students now are taking them earlier than that. Um, So it's that one specific exam. And I think uh, it's important to note that the PSAT is put out by the College Board, and the College Board is the co-sponsor of the National Merit Semifinalist, uh, you know, the whole program. So so they kind of go hand in hand. And I, the one point that I do want to make here is that this is literally the only time where PSAT scores count for anything. Um, students, uh, when you take the PSAT, it's really meant to be practice. Uh, achieving uh, any kind of status with the National Merit Scholarship is sort of, in my opinion, very much the cherry on top. But really, the goal here is simply to practice the test, see if it's something that would work for you or not. Um, but Let's dig into, for those students who are semifinalists, um, you know, I think a lot of them will wonder of like, oh, am I going to win a big scholarship? Does that only come if I'm a finalist uh, or maybe even a winner? What, what can you tell us about what semifinalist status gets you in terms of scholarship dollars? Mm-hmm. And, and before I jump into that, I just wanted to point out that about 16,000 students are designated as semifinalists. So out of the 1.4 million who take it, 16,000 make the cut to be a semifinalist. And then there's another stage where you advance to become a finalist. So there's no scholarship money with a semifinalist designation. It only comes with the finalist. And then it might not even come right. from being a finalist. You, I think that was the most surprising thing for me as I you know, entered the financial aid world and you hear this title. National Mm -hmm. Merit Scholarship. You just assume that there's big dollars behind it, but there aren't always um, big dollars behind it. There's um, three different areas where you can get money for being a a finalist. Sorry, Mm -hmm. uh, when you advance to be a finalist, it can come from the college itself. If the college is looking to recruit more students of that caliber and to have that on the college resume that they have that many national merit finalists, they may offer a big scholarship as big as full tuition, Mm -hmm. tuition room and board. We've seen it happen. But at the very prestigious schools where a lot of these students end up enrolling because they're very strong candidates for these schools, there isn't a lot of money. Um, You know, $1,000, $2,500 is the actual scholarship which is another bunch of numbers I'll throw out there that out of 
the students that make the finalist cut, 2,500 of them get a scholarship from the organization, the National Merit Organization, but that scholarship is only $2,500. Right. Which right. isn't a lot of money when you're looking at the overall cost of college. And, yeah, and, the, and yeah, I'm sorry. I was just going to say the third, the third place that scholarship money comes from is corporations that sponsor this program. Right. And yeah, I mean, in my experience, it's the money that a college might give or maybe a corporation that might amount to far more. The merit scholarship itself is fairly small dollars in when you think about the, the larger picture. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing that I did want to note is that every year at when I was at Penn, when students would achieve semifinalist status and then finalist status, they would be really eager to make sure that we were aware of that. And um, I, I don't want to negate the value and the excitement of being someone who goes from a one point, I think you said something like 1.2, 1.6 million, a lot, mm-hmm. down to 16,000. But unfortunately, in the highly selective applicant pools, it's not really a particularly standout um, thing. It's not really a standout award or honor. Um, We saw lots and lots of students who would achieve that, and we saw plenty who didn't, but who were super interesting to us. So while um, being a semifinalist or a finalist might indicate your success in many other ways, that alone was definitely not a really a factor when we were considering students um, to accept at Penn. And I've talked to s- colleagues at similar institutions and found the same thing to be true. So again, kind of for me, all goes back to the idea that being a National Merit semifinalist or finalist or even a winner is kind of the cherry on top and really, when you take the PSAT, my hope is that you're practicing um, and seeing if the SAT might be a fit for you and not really getting too stressed about this piece of things. Um, so, which gets me to the next piece, right? Which is what kind of effort is involved in once you're a semifinalist applying or continuing on in the process to become a finalist? Right. And some students, I think, choose not to continue on because it is quite a bit of work. Mm -hmm. Um, And a lot of it is done through your high school. You will need uh, letters of recommendations from your principal or someone that your principal designates. You have to have a consistently very high academic record. So they are going to look at your grades. You will have to take the SAT or ACT and earn a score that confirms or kind of matches or the same caliber as your PSAT score performance. Um, and I think that's it. There's an application and then your academic record. Uh, there's writing an essay, of course, yes. um, is of course. as well. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Always an essay. We are in the world of essays right now. So yes, if there's something out there and they could possibly ask you for an essay, it seems like everybody is doing that right now. And national mm-hmm. merit is no different than that. Yeah. So it's considerable effort and, you know, to what you were saying, not that I, again, also a thousand twenty five hundred dollars is not an insignificant amount of money when um, we were looking at colleges, that differential was not, you know, made a difference and enough mm-hmm. for me to pick up the phone and call and say, hey, you know, this school is offering this much, might you be able to match that? And the difference was about $2,000 and it was a difference maker for us. So I, again, don't want to say that $1,000 is not a lot of money or $2,500 is not a lot of money. I just think what is important for people to understand is you have to weigh the amount of work that goes into this against the possible payout um, and understand that unless you are looking at those schools where they might really value that national merits finalist status, that the likelihood that you're going to get a large sum of money or that this is somehow going to pay for college at a more selective institution, that's almost definitely not going to happen. What what can you tell us about the corporation scholarships? For me, that's a little bit of a black area. I don't know that much about, you know, are there larger sums or is it similar to what the National Merit is doing or does it vary? I think it varies. I did find that about a thousand students receive corporate funding. Okay. And the corporate funding can come because the student's parent works at that corporation or that corporation is in their hometown 
or in the area of the college where they're going to attend. So it kind of has various ways of, of rooting to that. Um, there are quite a few, I believe there's 146 corporations that sponsor it. Um, but again, only a thousand students receive funding and they didn't really reveal how much money they were each getting. Yeah, nor probably how they determined if you're a semifinal or a finalist, you know, whether or not they're going to give it to you. But uh, for those parents listening or for students who are listening, uh, you know, check with your employer or your parents employer and see if this is even a possibility, because Mm -hmm. certainly it might be possible. Can you combine the awards? Um, Lori, so can you win both the national merit and also get one from uh, a corporation or I don't unclear? think so. I think it's one or the other, but you yep. could get college funding, mm-hmm. you know, as more of a recruitment scholarship. Yes. And the corporate scholarship. Right. I think interesting for me is that the schools that are typically providing extra funding for students who are national merit um, semifinalists, or excuse me, finalists. I keep saying semifinalists, but we really are talking about finalists here. I think they are often schools where you would qualify for probably a decent amount of merit money anyway, whether you were a, a finalist or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, I had another question here. I've got to find it. Um, oh, I know. So you fill out this application, and when do you find out if you're a finalist? The finalists are notified in early February of senior year um, by mail to their home address, and um, they can access the letter through their online scholarship application. There's a lot of details on the National Merit Scholarship Program website. Uh, I think they're pretty clear about the steps and Mm -hmm. and how you'll be notified. I think they must get a lot of questions about it. So they've decided to really beef up their website. So I think, you know, as a resource, you might want to look there. Um, I found it very helpful. But yeah, not until February will they find out. Right. And so to learn more, just put National Merit Scholarship um, right into whatever search engine you use and it should pop up their website and you, um, you know, that's the easiest way to get there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do, I should remember that that's when finalists are notified because that was when we were reading regular decision applications and we would get a flood and I'm not joking, a flood of phone calls to the office saying, mm-hmm. how do I let you all know that I've been named a finalist? Um, it seems like a really big honor. It is a nice accolade. Mm-hmm. It is unlikely to be a huge difference maker at the most selective level. That is not to say that you shouldn't update the colleges if you become a finalist, just mm-hmm. that I would be a little less stressed about it, uh, making getting right in front of them right that second. So if you update the portal, if the college has a portal, or shoot an email to your admissions officer if that's the preference that the college has. Just let them know, keep them updated, they will update the file. And if that is something they're gonna talk about in committee, they will have it. Mm-hmm. Um, any last thoughts about the National Merit um, Scholarship? Just gonna piggyback on what you said uh, mm-hmm. from a financial standpoint, in February is when we're helping families with the negotiation process. And we Mm -hmm. would often get calls, you know, now that I'm a finalist, do I have a better chance of negotiating? And I think, yes, for those schools that might negotiate and those schools that offer merit, they might have something specific for finalists, or it might give you a little bit of a leg up to get more money if you try to negotiate. No, see, that's a really good point that I'm not really thinking about, but mm-hmm. it could be uh, a bargaining chip, in, uh, as it were, in the process. So, wonderful. Lori, thank you so much for joining today. I really appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome. It's happy to be here. All right. We are going to go to a break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about Ithaca College, their supplemental essay, and if we have time, we're also going to talk about the general why this major and why this college supplemental essay tips. So don't go away.
Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. College admissions can be stressful, but Bright Horizons College Coach is here to help. Our college experts who worked in admissions and financial aid at some of the nation's most selective institutions offer ethical, customized assistance based on each student's individual strengths and interests. Students receive one-on-one guidance throughout the process, and our 100% success rate means all of our students have been accepted to college. Visit GetIntoCollege.com to learn more. When it's time to go through the college admissions process, look to Bright Horizons College Coach for ethical guidance and customized support. Our educators will get to know your students' ambitions and talents, help highlight hard-won achievements, and create a plan for getting into a top-choice school. That plan includes helping your student choose classes and extracurriculars, create a college list, brainstorm and edit essays, and navigate college financing options. Visit GetIntoCollege.com to learn more. We're with you wherever Alexa and Google are. At home, in the car, on your smart TV, and your connected devices. Hey, Alexa. Hey, Google. Play my favorite Voice America podcast on TuneIn. It's just that easy. But make sure you actually mention the name of the podcast show to make it work. You are listening to Getting In, a college coach conversation. To submit a question for an upcoming listener Q&A segment or to suggest an idea for a future segment, please send an email to gettingin.voiceamerica at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Getting In, a College Coach Conversation. I am excited, as I always am in October, to be talking about supplemental essays and joining me for the Next round of these is my colleague, Michael Yeager, who is a former AO at St. Lawrence University and Wheaton College and is an Ithaca College alum. Hi, Michael. Hello. How you doing? Go Bombers. Yeah. You know, always nice to talk to someone from the college on the other hill. Uh, um, And having spent quite a bit of time in Ithaca, we have that shared experience. But um, Ithaca doesn't have a particularly robust supplement in that, God bless them, they are not asking for a million additional essays, but they do have one that I thought would be a nice conversation because so many other colleges do ask it. But before we get to Ithaca's question, um, I would love to just get your take on Ithaca, what you liked about it, um, you know, maybe share some basics for our listeners who may have heard the name or been thinking about it, but haven't had a chance to visit, or just would be interested in your perspective. Yeah, I mean, as the t-shirt says, Ithaca is gorgeous. It's situated in the Finger Lakes area. I mean, it's just a beautiful campus up on top of a hill overlooking uh, Cuga Lake. And so it's in an awesome spot, uh, especially if you're used to the cold, you definitely get all four seasons in Ithaca, New York, for sure. And so if if you're an outdoorsman, or an outdoors woman and you like to get out and hike and uh, do anything, uh, skiing, you know, you have access to, to lots of different outdoor activities. So the, the campus itself, the thing that, one of the things that I loved the most was the size. Ithaca is that rare mid-sized school. And so with a little over 5,000 undergrads, it's big enough to where you're meeting new people every year and you're able to engage and uh, make new friends and get into new groups, but also, it's small enough to where you can actually have conversations with faculty. You can get to know in particular within your academic program, you get to know your faculty really well. They can help set you up for success. And so I found the size was really great for me, but I was also coming from a very small town growing up. And so for me, Ithaca was huge and going to a place that was bigger would have been completely overwhelming. But, but I do think for a lot of students, the size is a, is a great match. Yeah. I, I think you're right in that. And I've not really thought about it, but that midsize is a little bit tougher to come by. We've got a lot of really big schools in this country and a lot of small ones, but maybe not so many in that kind of sweet spot. Um, And I will second that you definitely want to like all four seasons. 
I did once go to class in April in shorts and come out and it was snowing. It only happened once. It is a story that I have told before, but um, it did only happen once in my four years there. But, you know, it's possible. But and by the same token, I've had that happen in New England, too. So I don't think that Ithaca is any more or less um, cold or snowy than the area of the country that I grew up in. So if you're from the Northeast, I don't think this is going to be a change for you. If you're from Hawaii, and there were a fair number of students from Hawaii in Ithaca when I was there, uh, that's going to be a change for you. Yeah, but maybe you just have to, you had a budget for extra clothes. You know, it's an opportunity to go shopping and buy some of those hoodies in the bookstore or buy some big bulky sweatpants that you can wear around <laughs> campus in those, in those dark months. Yes. Have some boots and a really good winter coat and you should be fine. That's my, that's always my take on it. Um, so one other reason one other reason that I wanted to talk about Ithaca and is because they actually have some special programs that come with additional requirements. So not necessarily writing requirements, but um, auditions and interviews. And so I thought that we could maybe talk a little bit about that. Um, and more specifically, the the School of Music, Theater, and Dance. So anything that you could share with us about um, you know, what, what their process is or how it differs? Yeah, the auditions or the interviews are really critical there for faculty to get a sense of where students' abilities are. And so in addition to obviously the, the main application and being a solid student academically, um, for, for students that are interested in those performance majors, they're going to have to audition, they're going to have to interview. And so, and that's, that'll be a big part of their evaluation. Right. And one note that I did see is because Ithaca does have early decision, but if you're applying to one of those programs, you cannot apply via the early decision um, process. So you're, they're not going to allow you to commit to them before I think basically they have a chance to determine whether or not that, you, you know, you are um, a qualified applicant who can be part of their program. Um, but they do have an earlier deadline, right? It's December 1st. So yep. You're not applying ED, but you can't wait until the regular decision deadline either. So heads up for everyone about that. Um, all right, let's talk a little bit about their supplemental question. Um, and I'm going to throw my glasses on to read this one. Um, all right, here it is right from the Common App. We're committed to supporting you and energizing your learning experience so you can go further than you imagine. Please tell us why you selected and how you see yourself growing in this specific academic program. Um, and it's got a max of 200 words, a minimum of 10. I'm here to tell all of you, if you're writing 10 words, you probably shouldn't bother because that's not going to really cut it. But what is your advice for students as they look at this one specifically for Ithaca? Yeah, I think everyone should be doing it. It shouldn't be considered optional. It's it's another chance for you to extend your voice in the application process. And this is 200 words. And so for most students, you know, if it comes into play at all, it's an opportunity for the, the admissions committee to learn something about you. If you're a borderline candidate that may need a little extra push, this is an opportunity to do that. For for specific programs, this this question is more important. So for the competitive programs like uh, physical therapy, like occupational therapy, Ithaca is really looking that you have clinical experience and that you can demonstrate that in this process. And so being able to talk about your clinical experience here is really what the committee is looking for. And so physical therapy, occupational therapy, both really competitive programs at Ithaca, along with the Park School of Communication. So if you're looking to get into broadcast journalism or anything related to the communications world, being able to demonstrate that you've already dipped your toes into that environment is really, really helpful for the admission committee. Got it. So, I mean, that's really important information. So for those of you who are listening and maybe you're not a senior and you're thinking you might want to apply to these programs in the future, there was your rallying cry to get some of this experience. So if you didn't quite make that piece out, I'm here to tell you that you need to get some experience beforehand. And I don't think that's going to be super unique to Ithaca, right? So those types of programs, which are tend, do tend to be highly sought after and difficult to get into, really do want to get know that you have that experience, that you know what you're getting yourself into, and that you're sure this is something you want to be doing and, and getting the experience is going to help you do that. So that's really good advice. Any advice for someone who's maybe, maybe they're undecided or they have a program, but 
you know, they want to major in English. And, you know, the most experience they've had with that is they like to read books or they've enjoyed their English classes in high school. Any general advice for the kind of why this major question? Yeah, um, for a student who is undecided, Ithaca has a great exploratory program with you know, very strong advising that's going to allow you to explore the curriculum, uh, that's going to allow you to choose courses in different in different schools within the within the college. And so, I think for students who are undecided, Ithaca is an awesome place to get your feet on the ground, and and really be pushed by your academic advisors into areas that might be a, a strength for you. So, definitely don't don't shy away from putting exploratory, uh, listing that as a major. Uh, it's, it's not going to be something that hurts you or helps you in the process. It, it just allows it to be able to best advise you. Right. So, um, and I would add that in general. So I'm a big fan of going undecided and I love that Ithaca has that program. There are some schools out there with very specific programs for students who are undecided. For those of you who are writing this essay for any kind of college and you are undecided, my advice is always to at least give the admissions committee and or officer, depending on how they do their admissions, a sense of what you're interested in studying, right? So maybe you don't know for sure what you're going to major in, but maybe you like English, you like biology, and you like math. Um three seemingly somewhat disparate subjects, and that's fine, right? But I would be mentioning all of them and helping the the reader understand what it is about those subjects that are interesting to you. If you have a vision for where you want your career to go when you graduate from college and you can tie a subject area to that interest, great. If that's like really a bridge too far, you have no idea what you want to major in, let alone what you want to do with your life also fair, especially for most 17 and 18 year olds, then don't worry about that element. But if you can mention it, I think not a bad idea to mention it. Um, But if you can't, then don't worry about it. Instead, focus on maybe there are some subjects that really interest you that you have never had a chance to take a class in. And that's not uncommon, right? High school is really on some level, it's somewhat limiting. There aren't, you don't have the world available to you when it comes to subject matter. It's math, science, English, history, and foreign language at most schools. So it's also fine to mention uh, a subject area or two that you haven't had a chance to explore yet, but that you are interested. And maybe it's this school particularly interests you because they have that area of focus. Any other tips about the why this major um, essay or do you think we've covered it? I think we've covered it. I think, you know, it, it just gives you that extra opportunity. And yep. yeah, like you said, if you want to talk about a variety of things, great. If You don't have to be decided at this point in your life. And so right. just being able to demonstrate that you have a strong writing ability, that you have a commitment to actually completing this application and doing all the parts of it. Those are two boxes that you can check. One thing that I've seen at some schools that ask this question, Ithaca does not, but is um, wanting to know why you want to study this major at that school. So that could be that additional nuance. And to me, that gets into why this college territory. And the why this college essay is probably the most popular of all supplemental essays that are out there. And I figured since we're already kind of talking a little bit about this, we could talk about the why this college essay as well. What are some of your top tips for students who are sitting down to write a 200 word, 300, 650 word essay to a college that is in essence asking you, why do you want to come here? Yeah, I think it's really important. And this is, they're, they're checking to see if you've done your research on them to some extent. Like, have you visited? Are you able to reference that in this, in this question? Did you have conversations with specific admissions professionals or faculty or students or uh, friends that you have who have been uh, to this particular school. And so really that you've done beyond that first level research of looking at the website, seeing what the faculty to student ratio is, seeing where the campus is located, right. that you can talk about specifics of, you know, what kind of clubs, where do you want to have impact? Do you want to have impact outside of the classroom? Do you want to have impact with the the research that you're doing? Do you, have you already identified how you're going to do that or what clubs and organizations you're going to be a part of? There's a lot of different pieces that you can, that you can, add to this part. And I think if you do enough research, you'll see from schools what they care about. You'll see words that repeat themselves on their website, whether it's bold or whether it's revolutionary, different things that are a part of their culture. Like when I worked at Wheaton, the the connections curriculum, the interdisciplinary approach that we took, that was a part of everything. And if you could articulate that in an application, then we know you're going to be a good fit for our institution. And so 
really just doing your homework and making sure that you've identified schools that are that are going to meet your needs. I think that's a big part of what schools want to hear. I also think that you mentioned doing your research being so key to this. And it is because you've never read a worse Why This College essay than when a student hasn't done their research. And so everything they're writing about is incredibly generic, right? And it could really be about any college out there. And they they don't know what to write. So if they're asked to write a 650-word essay, I mean, the rambling is endless because if you go to the website, if you do your research, if, I, if you identify two or three classes that you want to take, if you find a professor with whom you'd like to study or do research, if you identify three extracurricular clubs or activities that you want to get involved in, now you've already got kind of the bones of your essay with really good specifics about that school that couldn't be said about any other school. And, you know, it's going to, it's not going to, the essay won't write itself. So I don't want to overpromise here, but it will make it far easier to write if you have done the research and you've taken notes and you've got some specifics to talk about than if you sit down and you say, well, I just really like that this school is in a city <laughs> and yay. And it's got a great reputation. Those essays wind up being about how, what a great school this is, how well respected, their ranking, you know, all of this stuff that it couldn't be less relevant to why you want to attend. And I think that's a key piece. Um, any, uh, any other things that you see students doing that you wish they would stop when it comes to why this college essays? Um, that's a great question. Part of it is the generic piece, like you had mentioned, just just floating it out there. Um, I think repeating information that's already been covered, whether it's portions of a personal essay or just chunks of information that came straight from an activity sheet, that it looks like you've repasted your resume and just plucked out a couple things from it and then mm -hmm. added that and made it a, a supplemental essay. Those are things that obviously this is a new opportunity for you to share something with a committee that may be not in your application elsewhere. And so being able to take advantage of it would be, would be a wise maneuver. Yeah. And I mean, you always have to remember, right, that the same person who's reading your main common app essay is the one who's going to read those why this college essays. So you don't want them to say, wait a second, didn't I just read this from this student? So resist the urge to cut and paste. I think my other big tip would be resist the urge to leave this to the last minute. And I know that urge is powerful, but I cannot tell you how many times I would be reading someone's application for pen and I would get to the why pen and the rest of the application would be really strong. I'd be getting more and more excited as I went through it. And then I would get to the why pen, which at the time was about 650 words and it would be 150 words that had clearly, clearly been written minutes before they sent it to us. And that was that. I, there was no way to advocate for that student in committee at that point because they had clearly shown that they really weren't that interested in Penn because they hadn't put any effort into that why this college essay. I would argue that this essay is probably more important than your main Common App essay because it's the only one that speaks directly to your fit with that school and why you you think that it's a it's what you think you can take advantage of there. And so um, you just, you can't leave it to the last minute. I mean, you can't leave any of it to the last minute, but really, really do not leave this one to the last minute. Yeah, it's where you can see application fatigue is in supplements. Cause we, you know, you know, as a reader that the common application main essay has been probably combed over a bunch of times and it should be, it should be well-crafted. But then when you get to this point, and especially if your list isn't an appropriate size, if you're applying to too many colleges and you've stretched yourself too thin as, as an applicant, then this is where those types of issues can come up. Right, exactly. I think that's a really good point and it's where students make a lot of mistakes. And um, so please don't do that. Michael, thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. Absolutely. All right, we are going to take another quick break. And when we come back, we're talking about Notre Dame and their much longer list of questions that they ask students. So don't go away. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. College admissions can be stressful. 
but Bright Horizons College Coach is here to help. Our college experts, who worked in admissions and financial aid at some of the nation's most selective institutions, offer ethical, customized assistance based on each student's individual strengths and interests. Students receive one-on-one guidance throughout the process, and our 100% success rate means all of our students have been accepted to college. Visit GetIntoCollege.com to learn more. When it's time to go through the college admissions process, look to Bright Horizons College Coach for ethical guidance and customized support. Our educators will get to know your students' ambitions and talents, help highlight hard-won achievements, and create a plan for getting into a top-choice school. That plan includes helping your student choose classes and extracurriculars, create a college list, brainstorm and edit essays, and navigate college financing options. Visit GetIntoCollege.com to learn more. We're with you wherever Alexa and Google are. At home, in the car, on your smart TV, and your connected devices. Hey, Alexa. Hey, Google. Play my favorite Voice America podcast on TuneIn. It's just that easy. But make sure you actually mention the name of the podcast show to make it work. You are listening to Getting In, a college coach conversation. To submit a question for an upcoming listener Q&A segment or to suggest an idea for a future segment, please send an email to gettingin.voiceamerica at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. All right, we are back and we are talking supplements. Last segment we were talking about Ithaca College and why this college essays and why this major essays. And today, or in this segment, excuse me, we're going to be talking about Notre Dame and welcoming, welcoming me, joining me, (laughs) and I'm happy to welcome to the show is my colleague, Kara Courtois, who's a former admissions officer at Barnard College and happens to be a Notre Dame alum. Hi, Kara. Hi. Hi, Beth. Go on. All right. So before we went on live, um, you mentioned that you would be willing to sing the fight song. (laughs) No. However, because I am a kind person and this is October, yes. I'm not going to make yes. you do that. But um, that would have been actually a really great way to prove that you were a Notre Dame alum. But that's yes. fine. We're not going to yes. make you sing the fight song. Yes. What I would love for you to do is, um, you know, what what do you like about Notre Dame? So mm. I can imagine what drew you there. But when you were actually mm. a student there, what you like about it? Yeah. Well, I have to say what drew me there was my mom. I mean, she was, she decided, you know, upon birth, every one of us was going to give it a shot. Oh, that's funny. Okay. um, You know, that was kind of that generation of, Mm -hmm. she grew up listening to Notre Dame football games on the radio and therefore, and women were not allowed to go when my Mm -hmm. mom went to college. So women were invited in 1972, the year I was born. So outing myself. So, um, and so that's why I went. I mean, truly. But I know it's fun because we're talking about supplement. I remember what I wrote, which is, you know, geeky admissions person. But um, I remember specifically what drew me in was I did have an older brother who went there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went to visit him at St. Ed's Hall. And we went to a mass in his dorm, which had never been to one that small. It's like 15 people. Mm-hmm. All the guys were adorable. And I was 13 at the time. So it was like, hey, this is great. Seems good. Seems good, right? And everybody was wearing pajamas. And we were sitting on the floor and they were passing around the host. And we were just one guy on a guitar and we're just hanging out. And I was like, oh, oh, this, I like this actually. Like, this is, I can get into this because I wasn't sure about religion. Mm -hmm. It had clearly, I had grown up in a Catholic family, but, um, but I wasn't so sure. And so, you know, like I'd say a lot of people still today, you know, parents do have a lot of say. It's quite expensive to go to Indeed. college. And um, uh, but my mom wanted me to be in a faith community, you know, and that mass got me curious, I will say. So that's what I wrote about. I'm I'm curious if when you got there, because, and this does kind of tie into the the other question I wanted to ask is, you know, obviously Notre Dame is a Catholic institution. um, And your story of what drew you there was that Catholicism and that piece of it. Did you find 
was it the same when you were there versus because obviously you went, it was five years later. Um, was it different? Did Catholicism, was it as pervasive? Mm-hmm. You know, if you weren't Catholic, is it a place where you would have been comfortable? I'm curious about your take on yeah. that. Yeah. Well, I would like to share that most of my friends were not Catholic. Interesting. Actually. Okay. Um, and so, and that was 25 years ago. Mm-hmm. So I think it's probably, you know, more so today on some level, but um, uh, that I thought was helpful, you know, and significant. And yet we all actually went to mass. <laughs> and part of that, I often say to students today, I'm like, well, there were very good cookies at the end of mass. <laughs> I'm just not going to lie, you know, and it was a totally social thing, you know, completely. Got and it. it was all student led, you know, it wasn't being shoved down your throat at mm-hmm. all. You know, it was just, and to be honest, it was for, you know, trying to de-stress half the time. And the piece that always resonated, and perhaps why I've struggled to find a church community since then in whatever faith, Mm -hmm. is that they are speaking right to your age group. Yeah. 17 to 21. Mm -hmm. Everything that the priest says is entirely what you needed to hear, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Um, And so a lot of times we'd go at 10 o'clock on a Sunday night, you know, on our way home from the library or Mm -hmm. at five o'clock on the way to the library, you know, or, you know, maybe earlier there was a, uh, what they called the Pangborn Express, which was if you only had 20 minutes, (laughs) you wanted to grab it in, you went to the fast one. So, um, but it was a very uh, communal uh, social experience and, you know, what precipitated afterwards was a lot of discussion about faith right. organically, kind of everywhere, but especially in the dormitories. Um, the second reason I chose Notre Dame for me in the end was I didn't want Greek life. And mm-hmm. I really knew that because I'd been to a few campuses because I had three older brothers mm-hmm. and had been, you know, a variety of places with friends who were applying to schools that had big Greek life and clear as day. And I had a parent who wanted to send me with my friend to college to kind of keep an eye on her, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, and I was like, it's just not me, you know, and I just, I knew that. And I was, I feel fortunate for that and not anti-Greek life, quite honestly. Just not for you. It's just not for me, you know, overall. And the dormitory, you know, at, um, at Notre Dame, the residential halls are very much that community that um, helps you find a place, which is what Greek life is supposed to do also. Right, exactly. Yeah. Really quickly before we dive into the supplements, because there are a bunch, your friends who were not Catholic, which you said the majority were not, yeah. nobody converted, right? So they weren't trying to convert anyone to Catholicism? Yeah. Um, one of my friends ended up marrying someone who is Catholic and mm-hmm. has always um, attended Catholic church since, but she's still Episcopal, you know, overall. Mm-hmm. And um, at the time, I don't think I had any Jewish friends, but I do know some Jewish people who went there. You know, that, that certainly was a little bit more of an anomaly, but um, I think they would, I think Notre Dame would love it. You know, just faith exploration. That's really what they're hoping for. I like it. And yeah. I mean, again, we talk about this because not every school is right for every person, and yes. but it's important yeah. to understand kind of what you're getting yourself into. And that leads me right to the very first prompt, which is required of all students. And notably, (laughs) this is what it is. Notre Dame is a Catholic university founded by members of the Congregation of Holy Cross with a mission to educate the hearts and minds of students. What excites you about attending Notre Dame? Um, And I would love your advice here, uh, just for our listeners who listened to the previous segment, this is a why this college essay. (laughs) (laughs) So go for it. (laughs) Yeah. And like, I'm sure has been said many times before on a why this, you know, skip the obvious. Assume, Mm -hmm. as I say to every Duke applicant, assume they know you want to be a Cameron crazy, you know, and (laughs) they want, you know, and even though Coach K isn't there anymore that you want that, just, just assume all that, you know, that you want the beauty of the campus and you want you know, the rah-rah and touchdown Jesus watching over you at a football game and all that. But go deeper. And I always say, you know, start with what you have already done in Mm -hmm. high school that, you know, demonstrates to you what you're looking for. Because those, that makes sense. Start with what you know. And then, Mm -hmm. um, so I, I think narrowing the focus to maybe one or two aspects always is a better, deeper 
richer response to mm-hmm. um, and tying it to, you know, real reflection. So I always say, let the activity section do their job. Very simple. Let the, the supplements do their job. Reflective, you know. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And making that connection. And I think that's really great advice. And I particularly love the idea for a 200 word, why this college essay, that you are better off identifying one or two things and yeah. digging really deeply into that than trying yeah. to cram 20 things into. Totally. And sound right? like a checklist, like, yes, you can do research on the website, you know, like that, that doesn't show depth and, and breadth and sort of highly selective, you know, um, when they're really trying to advocate for you, Mm -hmm. help your readers out, help them when they go into committee to have a couple nuggets to say, oh, it was very thoughtful, you know, that the student feels connected and that makes sense in the context of their application. Right. Although to be, to be fair, students do need to start with doing some research on the website, but to your point, Right. It's not like you found 20 things and you're going to cram all 20 into a 200 yeah. word essay. It's yeah. that you identified, right, like two things that you want to talk about yeah. and yeah. You can really dig into it. Yeah. So, And the final thing I'll say on that is that I find students say they feel like guilty when they don't know the details about the psychology major or the engineering. And I was like, no one expects you to know that. Right. That's where your research comes in. But then that's where... I always say, I'm like, that's actually why they make you write these supplements is not just to torture you is actually because that's where you fall in love. That's where you find your connection and you start knowing the nuances of what Michigan engineering is versus Notre Dame engineering and sort of that, um, you know, all the kind of really cool programs that exist within these programs. So it's, it's really exciting. Well, and ideally, it might even help you rule something out if upon right, a deeper it. dive, yeah, I've you realize, it. oh, yep. I didn't know that that was their focus. That's not for me. That's and exactly I have to laugh right. at your choice of words as a Catholic that they feel guilty about that is <laughs> kind of couldn't, hilarious. Couldn't be more accurate. <laughs> couldn't be more accurate, but I digress. All right. So that's one required. Everybody's got to write the one we just talked about. Now, And for those of you who are applying to Notre Dame now, you should rejoice because in the past, you had to write way more than you do now. Now they ask you to write one additional essay, also 200 words maximum, um, but they allow you to choose and you have four options. So we'll just go through um, one by one. Probably we should step up the pace a little bit so we can get through them all. All right, option A, people in the Notre Dame community come from many different places, backgrounds, and walks of life. How is where you are from a part of who you are? What's your advice? Narrow. Yeah, don't give us the helicopter overview of, you know, where you started in kindergarten and, you know, to now, but just get get narrow, you mm-hmm. know, and really um, just very specific and hopefully try it a couple times. Don't try it just the first draft. Yes, please. Such parent advice, but like, yeah, it's, good it's, advice. Not, your first, it's not your first draft. <laughs> right. It's definitely two or three tries in and cutting and editing to get to the tightest, you know, response. And and the only thing I would add is that community can be many, many, many different things. I I find that students hear community and they automatically go to their town. Yes. Um, But community could be that tight knit group of friends you've had since you were a kid. It could be a club that is hugely important in your life. Right. It could be could be anything. So expand your vision of what a community is, I think, would be my other piece of advice. All right. Option B, tell us about a time when you advocated for something you believe in. Hmm. The key point that I always try to make is there's no right or wrong here. Yes. You know, and just get real, you know, just break it down to, and it's might be something you've advocated with your parents. It might be something in the classroom and with a peer, but just be genuine. I mean, you know, the guys over all of this is, Hopefully, just be genuine. There is yeah. no right or wrong. And, you know, try to steer away from wondering what the admissions counselor is going to think. That's always our best tip. Yeah, I think that's really great advice. And I, you know, I also think the core of this is what is something you believe in, right? Start there. And yeah. to your point about nothing being right or wrong, it doesn't have to be a huge thing. And yes. it doesn't have to be, you know, it could be small. It, it, it just has to be something that is true and authentic to you and that you have actually advocated for in some way, shape or form. 
And if you catch yourself wondering, what are they going to think about this? Or, ooh, that sounds nice. Then your instincts probably are trying, trying too hard. Yes. Not being genuine. Right. You got to start with yourself first, right? Mm -hmm. It's a personal essay. And then write rather than what do they want here? That, you know, it's, it's, it's such a common question for students to ask. And I have students who do it all the time. What are they looking for here? Yeah. There, look at the, the question. They're looking for you yeah. to answer that. There isn't an <laughs> ulterior motive. They really want you to answer exactly. that question that they've asked. Exactly. All right. Option C, if you were given unlimited resources to help solve one problem in your community, what would it be and how would you accomplish it? So thoughts Don't on this. Forget one. the second part of that question. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's my number one tip. Yes. Um, yeah. And you know, it, steer away from the Miss America, you know, contest here of not that anybody's watching it probably, but, um, you know, just that like, Ooh, like what is in the news is probably what a lot of people are going to respond to, but get granular, you know, and and really boots on the ground. What have you been connected to? Um, And it could be something teeny tiny, like you said, that is a local connection perhaps, but connect what, you know. Yeah. And I mean, uh, world peace is a wonderful concept, but yeah. no, no, <laughs> just Our no, stop. which yeah. I think is what you were after with like the Miss yeah. America or Miss Universe question, right? Yes. No, yeah, not where you want to go. All right. We have a minute for the last one. Option D, what is the greatest compliment you have ever been given? Mm. Why was it meaningful to you? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think for some students, that's just not going to be the question they should choose, you know, overall. Right. Um, but like any any school that you have options, go through, and it's like taking a multiple choice test. Cross out the one that doesn't fit. But if you're stuck, I'm sure you've been given a compliment, you know, at some point. And I wouldn't rule it out right away. It's not my favorite question. I'm showing my bias there. But mm-hmm. that is probably... Um, for some students, the best question, because it's, you could go pretty simple with it. And simple is genuine. And that's probably going to yield some pretty positive talking points. Yeah. Actually, what's interesting is that as we got to this question, because I had something in my head yeah. that I, I thought, oh, that would have been perfect to write about were I applying yeah. to Notre Dame and they yeah. asked this question. Yeah. Um, I was immediately drawn to that one. So I think yeah. your advice is really good. If, if you're sort of like, I have no idea, then by all means don't. But right. again, what are they looking for? They're, they're being straightforward. So yeah. why, why did, was that compliment so meaningful to you is probably, yeah. you know, where you want to start. Kara, thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. Thanks, Beth. Absolutely. All right. And next time you can sing the Notre Dame fighter fighting song. I will warm up. Yes. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Next week, Ian is back hosting. We're going to be talking about more supplements, Pitzer um, specifically. We're also talking about NESCAC schools and the benefits of having an emergency fund. So you're not going to want to miss that. Don't forget, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, and we are here every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern and 1 p.m. Pacific. Thank you for tuning in to Getting In, a college coach conversation hosted by Elizabeth Heaton and the team of experts at Bright Horizons College Coach. Join us again next Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a good week.